to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. It is obviously not a coincidence, the title and that's happened on a number of occasions, that the title uh, of my sermon is often inspired by music, uh, and it is no case, no, no different in this instance. Now, I want to be clear. The title might be inspired by music, but the sermon is always inspired by the Word of God. And I thought I'd get a better amen than that. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. But no doubt, Ben... King wrote uh, these lyrics, and I want to share them with you. He says, when the night has come, and the, don't, don't, don't start singing. We might be here all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to sing it now. Resist the temptation. When the night has come, and the land is dark, and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid, or I won't be afraid, just as long as you, y'all, y'all know it. So, darling, Sing it, Ryan. <laughs> That's it. We need that. If the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall, or the mountain should crumble to the sea, I won't cry. I won't cry. No, I won't shed a tear just as long as you. So true. So true. You know what? He goes on to say, darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Stand by me. Whenever you're in trouble, won't you stand by me? Stand by me now. Stand, stand by me. We all need people in this life. And if you are under the auspice, if you are under the assumption or the impression that you can make it by yourself, can I tell you, you are mistaken. We all need one another. When I think about what God has done in my life, I am a product of people who have generously invested in me. People who have not just invested in me, but have spent time with me. Whatever I am, I'm that by the grace of God, and I am that because people chose to invest in me. And if you understand anything about the generation in which I grew up in, as a Generation X, as a young African American in the States, the odds were not in my favor. Not only in that community that I lived in, but nationally speaking. The odds were more likely that I would end up in a gang, on drugs, or locked up in prison. But I'm thankful I serve a God. I serve a God who is able to keep, a God who is able to rescue, and I serve a God who just doesn't defy the odds. He extends favor to each and every one of us. We serve a God. He is the God that makes you and I unrecognizable to our past. Has God done that in anybody's life? And I don't know about you, maybe you're here and you have seen God defy the odds in your life, but can I tell you, you know that you were destined for destruction and God came and rescued you. He pulled you out of where you were headed and he has shown you his grace, his mercy, his favor. And today, the only reason why I'm here, why we are here is because of the grace of God. The only reason why I stand here today to preach to you is because, not because I'm intelligent, not because I'm articulate, it is because God. God chose me his grace and his mercy has been made manifest in my life and I give God praise for that praise God it's the same with each of us the only reason that we're here today is because God kept us it's not because of who you know it's not because of what you do and because you're such a good person it has everything to do with the fact that God is a keeper and God is a man that cannot lie praise God but we've all, at one point or another, felt alone. And feeling lonely is something that we all have to deal with, no matter where you are in life. The reality is this. If we're going to be honest, some of the hardest times in our lives are where we feel completely isolated. Maybe you're going through a tough situation, and you look around, and the reality of it is there's nobody there to support you. Or maybe you're having something great happen, and you want to celebrate, and there's nobody there to join you in the celebration. Perhaps even today when I said, hey, turn around, high five your neighbor and tell them stand by me. Some of you all were just kind of like, 
I saw some of it. I'm not going to call you out. But you're like, and you know what? Even in a group of people just like this, it's very possible for us to be alone. And you see, God's desire for you and God's desire for me, one of his plans and purposes for us is that we can have somebody that can stand by us. Genesis 2, 18 says this in the New King James, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. See, that's what he wants for you and I. He wants us to have someone that can stand by us. You see, he created us. He created you. He created me. He created us with this desire to be connected. In fact, this is what he wants for all of us today. We were created for connection. But see, here's what we do. We drift towards isolation. We're con we were created to connect with one another, but we drift towards isolation. It's so common. We see this in our lives. God has created us to have connection with him, and he's created us to have connection with one another. Yet, it's so easy for us, and it's so natural for us to drift toward isolation. Everyone, can I just tell you, everybody that is here today is a part. At this specific moment, you are a part of Extraordinary Church. You belong at this church, and God is building his church. I'm not talking about a building. We know the church is a group of people. It's you, it's me, it's us together. We're in this together. God is putting us in this together. He is building his church, and I believe if you will not just stick around, but you will immerse yourself in what God is doing, we are standing on the precipice of a great move of God that will shake everything that can be shaken. We will not just influence Mississauga we will influence the Toronto area we will reach far beyond the Toronto area far beyond the borders of Ontario far beyond the shores of Canada I believe by the help of God we will influence the world with the glory of God for the glory of God with his gospel if you believe that you want to clap your hands unto the Lord God has brought you here for such a time as this. God, had to, God has us standing on the precipice of a move of God that will turn this world upside down. I'm here to prophesy to you that extraordinary is here. Yeah. Hallelujah. I believe that with all of my heart. And God brought you here for just this time. I want you to consider the text that I read to you. It's so beautiful because Paul says, Now therefore, you're no longer strangers. You're not foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This is great because we are a family. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Amelia. Thank you, Barry. We are a family. We are family and we do life together with one another we are here for one another we are for one another we're glad to serve one another and to encourage one another to love one another and to lift each other up we are family don't make me start singing that we are <laughs> anyway it doesn't matter what your background is we're family it doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, brown, we're family. It doesn't matter if you're three years of age or you're 82, we are family. It doesn't matter what your past looks like, we are family. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or the magnitude of your sin. You can belong here because we are part of the family. And I want to be the first to welcome you to the family. Welcome you to the extraordinary church family. I want to be the first to welcome you home because Jesus is building a home he's using us all he used the apostles and the prophets look, look at this 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 is phenomenal here he says having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone <laughs> in whom the whole building being fitted together see this is it we're fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit not only are you here but we are here together 
We're not showing up in isolated silos. We are here together. So you see, you are a stone. I am a stone. And he's putting us together. He's building his church stone by stone. And the foundation is the prophets and the apostles. And Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. We were created for connection we are jointly fit together it is biblical that we be together it is biblical that we do life together it is biblical that we be family praise God we're created for connection but why why is it so easy for us to drift toward isolation think about that for a moment you see this culture that is saturated and totally immersed in social media and by the way I'm not hating on social media social media is a great tool it can be a great thing but this is why you know what you kind of feel like man you got to you could be at the beach and you got to post a picture of your feet in the sand and let everybody know where you are y'all can post y'all's pictures y'all feet praise God but y'all ain't gonna see my feet y'all not gonna I might take a picture of where I'm at praise God but it won't be my feet in it praise the Lord and you just, you just be thankful for that. You just be thankful for that. Uh, but when we post those pictures, you know, at the moment, this is exactly what we do. Uh, we do a couple of things. One, you can make a McDonald's cheeseburger look like, look like it's the most amazing thing. I, you put a filter on this. You put a filter on that. I, 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 honestly, I, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, I'm like, hold up. I see them, but now I see them in real life. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> this is what we do. We put a filter on everything. <laughs> you have potential. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's a rough one. <laughs> That's it, mommy. <laughs> you know, we do this and we, we post everything. But the moment we post that picture of your McDonald's cheeseburger, that moment you post that picture of your feet in the sand, the beach that moment you post that picture of you know I you know I anyway I'm gonna stop you post that picture immediately two minutes later what is everybody doing and please don't act like you don't do this the moment you post it you're immediately like oh well how many hearts did I get <laughs> you know if you're on Instagram or how many likes what's what's going on? you're looking and not you're checking like every two minutes and you're, wow, you want to be affirmed. You want to be connected. And then take it a step further. Here's what we do. We look at other people and we're like, I don't have a life. I wish I had their life. That's what you feel like. You're like, they look like they have You know what? Heaven forbid. Because, you know, it's, it's, like, it's almost like it didn't happen if you didn't put it on social media. If you didn't put it out just like it didn't happen. Like, you can go on vacation and not post it on social media. I'm not telling you, you do what you want to do. It's your social media. But it's interesting that we take this approach and we're looking for this affirmation. But we'll see somebody at a party and immediately we'll be like, I didn't get invited to that party. <laughs> You'll be like, they went out to eat. I was just with them. And look at them having so much fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> look at them having so much fun. I didn't get an invite to dinner. I would have enjoyed some El Salvadorian food. I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just, I just like to pick on her a lot. But you know what? What am I trying to say is we look and then what we, if we're not careful, we'll develop envy. And then we're trying to compare ourselves. Can I tell you, don't ever compare yourselves to the highlights you see on Instagram or Facebook. It's only out to steal your joy. It's only out to steal your joy. But the reality of it is we're looking at people and we feel isolated. And it drives these emotions and it drives us toward isolation. Here's what we do. We come and we'll do stuff like this, but we don't talk with one another. You will literally be sitting beside somebody and outside of hello, how are you doing? Or maybe a head nod. You've not had any interaction with them. This is what we do. You know what? Because... So, folks, right now, I'm even talking to those that are listening to the podcast. I'm telling you, I want you to hear me. When is the last time you went to somebody and said, hey, I need to talk with you? I want to connect with you. See, there's something that drives us towards isolation. But here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I have to be intentional in fighting the drift to isolation. 
We have to fight the drift towards isolation. This is what we're going to do at Extraordinary Church. We're going to fight the drift. When you fight the drift and you begin to live the extraordinary life that Jesus Christ died to give you, you are going to experience something that's going to turn your world upside down. And can I tell you, fighting the drift is a fight worth fighting. This is a battle worth winning. This is a fight that you fight. And when we fight, we do not fight alone. We fight together. So here are three things you and I can do to fight the drift. The first thing that we can do is we can remember the faithfulness of God. We can remember the faithfulness of God. Everybody needs Jesus Christ. Everybody needs Jesus Christ. And that should burn in our hearts because everybody needs him. Therefore, we're on a mission to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus. And we invite them to come and experience his power. See, the most important connection you were created to have is your relationship with God. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you enter into a relationship that's the most important connection that you're supposed to have. When you and I experience the new birth that he died to give us, we enter into a covenant that provides an extraordinary life. And when you walk with him, guess what? He walks with you. When you talk with him, guess what? He talks with you. Can I tell you, he provides for you. He sustains for you. He covers you. He protects you. He guides you. And what's really cool about a relationship with Jesus Christ is he always approaches us first. It's only his goodness that draws us. But if you read it, you won't find one encounter in scripture where man or woman approached him first. God drew Moses. God comes to get him. He comes to Adam and Eve. He's the one who comes to Abraham. He comes to Saul. He comes to Mary and Joseph. He comes to the woman at the well. He comes to Peter. And guess what? None of them were perfect in their situation. Can I tell you, they all had dysfunction. They all had drama. But God came to them nonetheless. I I'm thankful for a God who comes to us a God who not only comes to us but stays with us he never leaves us nor forsakes us in good times or bad times and can I tell you if you haven't experienced tough times just keep living keep living because you will go through something in life that is tough but tough times don't always last but tough people do when you're wandering through the wilderness of loneliness, know that God is with you. When you go through a challenging situation in your marriage, know that God promised never to leave you. When you're in the valley of your financial hardship, he promises not only to lead you, but to be with you and to take care of you according to his riches in glory. I want you to know that God walks with you and he shows you his faithfulness. We need to remember and quickly declare that God has been faithful. God has kept us. God has sustained us. And we ought to give him praise for that see when you're drifting toward isolation you fight the drift by remembering by stopping and remembering the faithfulness of God remember this in Joshua we'll go to it in just a moment Joshua chapter 4 we'll get there in just a moment but I'll give you a summary of what's happening these are God's people and the Israelites have been delivered from Egypt from slavery and they were given the land now not just any land this is like the land that's flowing with milk and with honey and God told them I want to give you this land it flows with milk and with honey and so they went after that promise but because of their stubbornness and their disobedience they wandered around that wilderness for 40 years just drifting finally 40 years later they stand at the bank of the Jordan River with the promised land just literally across the river and all they got to do is walk across and take the promise God has for them this is extraordinary what's happening in this text this is such a big deal because this is the day this is the day they've been dreaming about this is the day they've been hoping for it's all coming together just like they had hoped and prayed for you ever had one of those days where it's just kind of like man everything is coming together perfectly and it's so important that God tells Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take 12 stones out of the river and I want you to place them as a memorial to remember my faithfulness, to remember that I delivered you, to remember that I'm the God who walked with you through all this time. 
I'm the God who set you free. Remember my faithfulness. And watch this. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 4, verse 20. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. That all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Can I tell you, you and I need to take time to remember what God has done in our lives. Remember how God has provided for you. We need to remember the one who keeps us. We need to remember the one who helps us. We need to remember the one who found us in a desert land. We need to remember the one who watched over us and carried us. We need to remember the one who gives us water from the rock. Granted, the past can serve as a springboard to great heights, but don't you remember the bad. Don't you let the enemy remind you of your mistakes. Remember that God brought you through. Remember that God provided. Remember that God sustained. Remember that God delivered remember that he showed up right on time you need to remember the faithfulness of God I'm gonna lean on that just a little bit because we need to remember what God has done in our lives sometimes we need to scroll through our mental Rolodex and remember when you thought there was no way God showed up right on time you need to remind yourself when you weren't sure how those bills are going to get paid, all of a sudden a check showed up in the mail. God showed up right on time. You need to remind yourself when nobody else wanted anything to do with you, when everybody else had abandoned you, God was there. When you called on his name, he showed up in a hurry. Don't you forget what God has done in your life. Don't you forget how he filled you with his spirit. Don't you forget when you were baptized in his name. Don't you forget. Don't you forget. Remember what God has done in your life. Can I just tell you, when you remember what God has done, you'll remind yourself and encourage your faith. If he didn't fail you then, he won't fail you now. He is a God that cannot fail, and he will see you through. If you believe that, give him praise. Remember, and see God, Scripture instructs us to remember a number of things. It tells us to remember the name of God. Remember where he brought us from. Remember the command of the Lord. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles. Remember that if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. Remember the gospel. Remember those in chains. Remember our leaders. But the enemy would not have us remember these things. He would have us remember our failures. He would have us remember our mistakes. I was, I'll never forget this because I was preaching in uh, St. Louis just a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking about uh, the importance of baptism and being immersed literally if you look this up uh, in the greek it baptism it comes from the word baptizo it means to fully be immersed and call upon the name of the lord so that your sins may be washed away they were baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and i was preaching about covenant and that is the new testament covenant the backbone of scripture is predicated upon covenants and i don't have time to unpack all of that but i was talking about covenants and the importance of covenants and I was preaching about David and how David recognized the one thing that the rest of Israel did not recognize when he was looking at that Philistine Goliath he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine in other words he was not in covenant and because he was not in covenant he knew that God did not have his back but that God had his back as in David's back and can I tell you when you're in covenant it changes everything not only was David in covenant but he was under covenant and so when you get under covenant when you are baptized in Jesus name the scripture is clear all of your sins are washed away and this is why you know what the devil can't remind you of certain things because this is great when you're baptized so here I'm preaching this and this just bless my heart so this gentleman is 77 years old and he's a retired executive from Boeing and he doesn't look 77, but man, he's just, he said, Pastor, uh, he, did, he couldn't remember our first name. He said, uh, I'm going to do it Sunday. 
I said, well, what, what is that? He said, uh, I'm going to get baptized Sunday. I said, Clarence, praise God. Man, I celebrate what God. He said, I'm going to get all my family here too. And uh, you know what? We were there. I'm going to just show you a quick video of Clarence's baptism. This is at Pastor Romine's church. Pastor Romine's getting ready to baptize him. There's no greater name. And so uh, Brother Clarence came to me, I don't know, about a month ago and said, Pastor, I want to be baptized again. And he said, I was baptized years ago, but I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus again. Yes, yes. And so we thank God and we praise God for that. I want you to stretch forth your hand right now. And this is not just a man ritual, but this is a spiritual moment in his yes, life. Would yes. you pray with me, Lord? I thank you right now. Lord, for our brother, and I ask right now for the power of your spirit. God, in this moment, God, would be an eternal change, God. Lord, I pray right now, God, in his life, let the blessing of the anointing of the Lord, like never before, lead him forward. God, in his faith in you, Lord, we are standing in covenant, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we give you glory and Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Brother Clarence, amen. Because of the confession of your faith and obedience to the word of God, amen. And because of the word of God, I have the honor to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Can I tell you, God was faithful to forgive Clarence. And he placed Clarence as a stone. A stone in the building that he is building. Can I tell you, you might not know him. You might never meet him. But if you have been born again, Clarence is a part of the family. And God brought him into the family. God is building his church stone by stone. It's you. It's me. Together, he created us for connection. Can I just also tell you, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, can I tell you, today is the day you ought to make that decision and say, God, I'm going to be in covenant with what you have for me. You died for me. I'm going to be, I'm going to be buried with you and be raised to newness of life, as the scripture has said. And what really blessed me about this is because I didn't, I didn't show you all the entire video. 77 years old, you know, most of us, once we kind of hit like 12, 13, we fixed in our ways. Clarence had such a humility about himself. And you know what afterwards was beautiful? He, began to he said, Pastor, can I say something? And the pastor gave him the mic, and he was just shaking. Tears started streaming down his face. He said, you know what? He said, this is my family. He said, if you need me, I'll be there. If I can do anything, let me know. Can I tell you? That's the attitude we have at Extraordinary Church. You are part of the family. If you need us, you can call us. If you need us to stand by you, we'll stand by you. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Will we do some things to irritate you? Probably. Hopefully not intentionally. But one thing I can tell you is we will be there for you. We will stand together. We will be behind one another. You can count on EC to stand by you. God's been faithful. And it's not his desire that you carry the load that you might have to carry by yourself. We have to fight the drift. Now, I know what many of you all are thinking. There's some people here today, when you think about stones, you think, man, that's great. I love it. Memorial to God. Remember God's faithfulness. But the truth is, sometimes it's hard to remember God's faithfulness. In fact, we talk about the stones being a memorial. But right now, you're like, man, I'm carrying so many stones in my life, so many painful moments. It just doesn't feel like God is faithful. When you look back and you really wonder, you're like, where was he? Where was he? You carry this heavy load. You're carrying this pain in your life. Maybe it's the girl that abandoned you and broke your heart that you thought you were going to get married to. and She left. And you wonder, God, where, where are you in all of that? That was supposed to be the woman for me. Perhaps it's the job that you were waiting on and you knew, man, if I get this job, this is just my family. We're going to have it here. We're going to have it there. And God, please give me this job. I believe this is it. And you didn't get that job. 
Why wasn't he faithful? Maybe it's somebody that you trusted, that took advantage of you, scarred you for life, and that's a pain that you carry with you to this day. And you say, there's no good there. Where, 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 where was God in that moment? Maybe today you're here and you've made some decisions in your life and you try to walk away from the guilt and the shame, but it just keeps coming back in billowing waves and you find yourself dealing with the pain of things that people did to you. You carry these stones, but then you get tired and you put them down. Maybe it's just something completely different. Maybe it's something for you, a pain that you've been holding on to, something somebody did to you. When you look back, you don't see God's faithfulness. Sometimes it's hard to see God's faithfulness, but when you do, but when this happens to you, here's what you need to do. You rely on God's people. You rely on God's people. You see, we all need somebody. Everybody needs somebody. You need somebody that you can do life with, and I need somebody that I can do life with. Look at your neighbor and tell him I need you. All right, that's it. Look at your other neighbor, just in case. Some of y'all thought y'all were going to get it. Look at your other neighbor and tell I need you too. That's it. That's it. We need one another. You need somebody. Hear me. You need somebody that won't judge you. But you need somebody that has good judgment. You need somebody that won't judge you, but you need to make sure that person has good judgment. Also, it's not just about having people in your life. It's about having the right people in your life. The difference, hear me, the difference between where you are today and where God wants you to be depends on having the right people in your life. You need to understand that relationships determine your destiny and they want the right people will help you remember the faithfulness of God. You need someone to stand by you, someone to be there for you, but you need the right people. You need the right people. Some of you got to hear me. Some of you, some, you got some friendships that you just need to hit block on. Like you take your phone out and they call you up on call ID. You're like, block this contact. Get out of my face. Thank you, Mateo. <laughs> you need to block that contact. You know what? You need to unfriend some people. You need to unfollow some people. Some of us are wondering right now. I've had people come to me and say, man, pastor, I'm struggling with this. And I appreciate the confession and the admission. And then I'm, I begin to talk to them and I unpack it. And uh, I'm asking who they're hanging out with. And they begin to tell me. And I'm thinking to myself, no wonder. No wonder you're struggling. No wonder you are where you are because your relationships determine your destiny. You need to be very careful who you align yourself with. You need to be very careful who you let in your world. Now, hear me. Let me be clear. You do need to have people in your world, and not all of them have to be perfect. But can I tell you, you need to make sure by the grace of God that your relationships are pointing you towards Jesus Christ. And helping you in that regard. That's what God wants for us. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in other relationships that are hurting us and hindering us in our walk with God. Proverbs says it this way. The words of the wise are like weapons of knowledge. If you need wise counsel, stay away from the fool. And the reality of it is your mama been telling you to stay away from them for a long time anyway. You need the right people in your life. You need the right people in your life. You need the right people in your life. So, if you're a part of our church, here are three ways you can actually find the right people in your life. Are you ready? Praise God. Are y'all ready? Praise God. Thank you. Yes. I love it. Number one, you need to start serving. You need to get around people that are walking in the same direction as you. You need to get involved here. There is plenty of things to do. There are over 92 things that you could be doing at Extraordinary Church. And if those 92 isn't one of the things you want to do, we can make 93. We can make 94, but you need to serve. You need to get involved. You need to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to make a difference. You need to make serving in the local church a priority. Let me tell you why this is important. Because most relationships, what do they say? Whenever you're involved in a relationship and it gets serious, and you know what? I had to tell Sarah, I said, let me school you, baby, real quick. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just. <laughs> but at some point, we had to realize this relationship, what do you say? 
This is a two-way street. This isn't a one-way street. You don't get to just come and take, 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 take. How long will that relationship last? You need a two-way street relationship. In other words, this is not just take, it's give and take. Thank you, Elder. It's give and take. We have to give and receive. But let me tell you why this is important. Because if you never get to a place where you serve, let me tell you where you are. You're a consumer. And when you consume and you consume only and you don't have a release, you know what they call that body of water? The dead sea. Something's flowing in, but nothing's ever flowing out. God has called us to serve. We need to serve and be involved, whether it's working with children, whether it's working in guest services, whether it's administrative stuff, whether it's setting up and breaking down, whether it's helping us on the praise team, whether it's helping us get things ready for baptism or communion, whether it's helping us go shopping and get flowers that make things look good and warm. I could go down the list. We need people to serve, whether it's visiting someone in the hospital, whether it's being a listening ear, whether it's preparing a meal for somebody who just had a baby, we need to be involved and serve one another. God has called us to serve one another. Whether it's to take a photo, whether it's to help edit videos, we need people to be involved and serve. Whether it's to help us build a website, whether it's to help us build the infrastructure for another campus, we need people involved and serving. There's something for everybody here to do, and we need all hands on deck. So we need to serve. The second thing, that we have to do. You need to get involved in an e-group, a life study, or get connected at our midweek Bible connection. This is important. We are launching e-groups. You're going to hear more about this in not only today and in the coming weeks. We're super excited about this. I want you to take a moment, not now, but take this material that we've left in your seat, take it home and read over the four e-groups that we have available. These extraordinary groups are great ways to do life with one another. Can I tell you, one of the ways in getting connected, listen, you can come right now, and many of you have been coming for a little while, and there's people here that you don't know, and we have a great deal of people missing today. I could say to you, oh, well, who is, uh, oh, you know, so-and-so, I loved hanging out with them. They were like, who was that? Who was that? I have to explain them, and they're like, oh, man, I don't think I've ever seen them before. You know, so many people are coming, it's impossible to connect with everybody, but in a small group setting, you connect with one, of people, one another. And not only do you do that in a small group setting, guess what? You don't have to listen to my big head. You get a chance to talk. In this setting, everybody's listening to me. Kind of. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's yet to be determined. To be determined. But in other cases, in a small group setting, in an e-group, you get a chance to do life. Not only ask people how they're doing, you get to share what's on your heart, and others get to share what's on their heart. And so we've got four amazing groups. We have one for moms. We have one if you want to, man, didn't the worship team do an amazing job today? Man. You know, singing that Spanish song, I said, praise God, te amo. I almost want this. <laughs> we got, if you want to learn Spanish. We have a group in Spanish. Praise God. You can learn Spanish as a second language. Praise God. And thank God Mateo's not teaching it. <laughs> so you can learn some good Spanish. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you know what? We're also, we're going to have one. If you want to dive into the word and really pull out the treasure of the word and do so deeply, we've got one for that as well. And then we have one called The Chosen, uh, which is a phenomenal. Alex said it earlier, but I believe we've got the greatest story ever told. But the problem with the church is we don't tell it well. Uh, but they did a remarkable job telling this story. We're going to get together and watch this. It's the first miniseries that's ever created outside of the Hollywood system. And so for those that want to be a part of that, you can be a part of that. They meet at various times. It's not, an over, it's not a demanding frequency in which they meet, and you'll be able to get connected. Some meet biweekly. Uh, some will meet monthly. Some will meet weekly. Uh, but it's a great way to get connected. If not, the other thing I would encourage you to do is a life study. A life study is locking in with somebody who's going to get with you and not only talk about the Word of God, but more importantly, show you how to live this life, a victorious, extraordinary life in 
in Jesus Christ. We want you involved in them. And if not that, then come to the Midweek Bible Connection. You need to attend one of the three. You need to be in community where we meet consistently with the people that are going to encourage you, that are going to hold you accountable. You need to be doing life with the body of Christ. It needs to be a priority. Let me just play pastor here for just a moment as well as we get ready to wrap this up. Church attendance, it's more than just church attendance because you know you can show up but not be present. When you're here, you need to be engaged. You need to be engaged. And can I tell you, we're not here for ourselves. We're here for others. And as long as we have that mindset, God will always send us more people. The third thing is, as you're going to do life with people, be authentic. There are many of you that are like, oh, yeah, number one, got that. Number two, check. Number three, mm. what I'm talking about is you like serving, you like getting involved in an e-group, but you're not honest with your troubles. You're not getting real with your problems. You pretend like you've got it all together. Oh, man, I look good feel good. God is great and greatly to be praised. You pretend like you got it all together, but can I tell you, you just got to get real. You got to stop. Today is the day that you take that step. You got to find your group. You got to find your tribe and you got to be willing to do meaningful, authentic life. You got to be willing to say, I don't have the answers or I'm struggling with depression or I'm angry all the time or I haven't had my joy or man, you know what? God is doing something victorious in my life. You need to be authentic with people. And can I tell you, when you take these steps, you're going to look back and realize it's a stone. He's putting us together. He's building his church. He's connecting us stone by stone. We were created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. The last thing is release the power of your story. See, everybody needs God. Everybody needs somebody, but somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. You see, you're not just another stone. You have a story. And the story that God has given you has power. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony has power. Your story has power. And we ought to be quick to tell our story. This is what Paul did all the time. He told his story. I was preaching in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Friday night. Flew back yesterday. Preached my guts out. We saw somebody receive the Holy Ghost. God was moving. But in part of that message, God pushed Paul's and said, tell your story. As I begin to tell my story, you know what? Many people came up to me afterwards. Pastor, Akil, I'm so thankful you told your story. That means so much to me. I, 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 I dealt with something similar. I had ladies and men come up to me and tell me some of this, and they were so moved, tears in their face. Can I tell you, your story has power. Never forget your story. Be quick to tell your story and what God has done in your life. There's a powerful story in the Bible. I was talking about it earlier of David and Goliath, and many of us know the story, so I'm just going to give you a really quick rundown. Goliath, a supposed mighty warrior, he comes up, he's defying the people of God. For 40 days and 40 nights, he's saying, find me a man, come. If they'll beat me, we'll surrender to you all, and we'll be your slaves. And if I beat you, or if I beat this man, then you'll surrender to us and be our slaves. And nobody wants to fight him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says specifically that they were afraid, greatly afraid, if you read it in 1 Samuel 17. But David shows up, a young shepherd boy, and here's why I love this, because he has a story. Everybody has a story. Whatever your age is, you have a story. He shows up and he says, hey, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this throwing shade at my people? I'll deal with them. Shows up, and what does he do? He picks up five smooth stones from a river. He puts them in his shepherd's bag, and here's the difference of covenant. I'm not going to unpack all that, but he takes one of those stones. He puts it in a sling, swings it around, launches it, takes Goliath out, cuts his head off, walks over, takes his sword, declares the victory over the enemy for his people. You know what I love about this? Goliath, hear me, Goliath wasn't David's personal giant. He wasn't defying David. He was defying David's people and David's God. You got to see this. When you're my people, 
your giant becomes my giant. That's why our stories have power. This is why when you're together, if you're facing something, you're not facing it alone. I'm with you. And some things you might not be able to take out, but I'll take it out on your behalf. Or you know what? There might be some things that I'm facing, and I might not be able to take it out, but God will send me a David, and David will take it out in my life. Our story has power. That's why I need you to remember those moments in your life that are so painful, those moments that hurt so much. And I'll ask Mia to come. See, when a rock falls into a river, it's sharp, it's jagged. As it rolls through the river, it hits over rocks, and those rocks chip away at it. And then at some point, it might fall over a waterfall, and it'll land in the bed of the river. And Then the constant flow of water will act as sandpaper. And what was once a very jagged rock becomes remarkably smooth. It's very much just like us living for the Lord. The more we know him, the more we walk in his grace and his mercy. And it just washes over all the rough edges. You see me now. I'm not saying I'm smooth. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Sarah can tell you I'm not smooth. But it sounded good. It sounded good. It just made me feel good. (laughs) I won't tell you what I just witnessed right now. Praise God smooth <laughs> they laughing because they know but that's neither here nor there um, <laughs> okay focus smooth you know what each of us have hurtful painful things in our lives and the grace washing over us and it's like making us unrecognizable to our past I don't look like and when, next time I have y'all over, we have a house party because, you know, we love to do that. I'm just going to break out the photo album. It used to be growing up, the kids would, they were, Sarah's like, but you know what? To show you some pictures, you'll be like, what? Who is that? And it's me because God's made me unrecognizable to my past. It's the same thing for many of you all here that's been washed in his blood and his grace is washing you. Your story becomes a powerful tool in your life. See, that divorce that almost broke you becomes a tool in your life. The addiction that almost took you out becomes something you can use to help somebody else. The abandonment you felt, your parents when they left you, and you wonder even as an adult why they didn't want you, that becomes part of your story. And it becomes a tool in your bag. The loss of a loved one or a child, a pain that no parent should ever feel, man, you know what? That becomes a tool for you. You see, your story has power, and you need to release the power of your story because your story could be the stone that takes down somebody else's giant. This is why we can't be silent with our story because there's somebody here that's struggling with something that God has brought you through. But you could say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's taunting my brother and my sister and mocking my God? I defy you in the name of Jesus. You can take down somebody else's giant. If you believe that, give him praise. I want us all to stand. In just a few moments, I'm going to invite you to come. And the title of this sermon was aptly titled, Stand By Me. We're going to come and stand, but we're not going to stand isolated. We're going to stand together. Brother and sister, independent, conservative, liberal, all over the map. Young, old, from varied countries varied backgrounds, varied social economic statuses. We're going to come and stand by one another. And we're going to begin to pray for one another. We're going to begin to encourage one another. And God's going to begin to move. But before we do that, there's one other thing that I want to share with you that we'll begin to do each Sunday. I'm so thankful you're here today. And I want to let you know that this extraordinary life that we believe in so passionately about is for absolutely everybody. The Bible says that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the scripture says that the wages or the penalty of sin is death. 
But thankfully, it also says the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we receive that extraordinary life through following and obeying the teachings of Jesus. I want you to see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For I delivered to you first of all, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. See, when the church was first born, many people were wondering, what do we do? Peter was preaching to them and they said, what do we do? Literally, they said, men and brethren, what must I do to be saved? And Peter said to them, repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I talk to you about repentance for just a brief moment? Repentance is simply saying, God, I'm sorry, and I realize I need a Savior. I can't do this on my own. Repentance is walking one way, and it's literally an about face, turning the next way. It's not being perfect. It's not having it all figured out. But it's saying, God, I'm going to submit to your word and your lordship in my life. I'm repenting, and I realize I need you. The second thing that needs to happen is that we're buried with Christ. See, this is so important because Christ was crucified and laid to rest. He was buried. And for us, scripturally speaking, it's emphatically clear when we are baptized, we are buried with Christ. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, as the scripture declares, we all should do. I want to tell you today is your day. And then lastly, talking about being raised to newness of life. When Jesus died and rose again, he rose on the third day. That's the best news of the gospel. We serve a God who is alive and well. He is not dead. The resurrection is everything. Jesus Christ is alive. Praise God. And when you and I receive his spirit, when you and I receive his spirit, we are born again. When we repent, are baptized in Jesus' name and receive his spirit, we are born again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.